Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. again and welcome to episode 160 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pounder. And we're coming from BC Place after a frustrating afternoon for the Whitecaps. 2-1 defeat to the New England Revolution. A game that afterwards Carl Robinson said that they didn't get what they deserved out of it. They should have won it. And he feels that nine times out of ten, they would have won that game. Yeah, yeah, nine times out of ten. Also, uh, what, what did like? I wasn't there for the his thing. What did he mean by uh, they deserve? Was it the, the he, he felt that they deserved to win? Yeah. Or was it was he talking about it, it, something else? Basically, he Robbo feels that they put in an excellent performance, yeah. and that the way that they played well, and the chances that they created, which was seventeen shots to eight, yeah, that they deserved to not even just get a draw. They deserved to win that game. Well, but seventeen to eight. But the biggest stat was um, shots inside the box, and that was ten. They had ten shots inside the box, and, and the ball bobbled about several times where no one actually got a foot on it. So, and, and because they got four on target overall, they didn't show how many they got on target inside the box. Four on target overall. Two were from outside the box. I know that for sure. The the Manny hit from uh, far away, which was just kind of night just picked up, and then the the mosquito shot that they scored on. So, two, out of ten shots inside the box, only two hit the target. That's not good enough. No. And, and that's what I guess he means by that. The, the, there was a lengthy lengthy three-week break from MLS action. But yeah. in the past, we've seen that when the Whitecaps have a lengthy break like this, they come back a little bit flat. And you couldn't actually say that they were flat today because I feel that they, they played in, at a good pace. They and, were inconsistent, I think, at times. Yeah, but they, they, they did create their chances. Yeah. It, it was, for me, the, the difference was clinically in front of goal. New England didn't get many chances, but what they took, they finished with a plum. Yeah. Um, the uh, we'll talk about the, their two goals right off the bat. Um, yeah, Woodbury uh, just basically Jordan Smith stood there. Uh, it was it was a it was a free kick? I think uh, well sent in by by Lee, Lee Win. Um, Jordan Smith stood there in the box, looking at the ball, waiting to clear it out instead of going after the ball. While he was waiting there, Woodbury, uh, their centre back, ghosts in unmarked, just comes in between him and I think it was Lava or something like coming. Might back. have been Harvey. Oh, I can't remember which one, but what, what one of them. But th- that person wasn't the problem. It was Smith because he should have gone after it and knocked it out. Yeah, I mean there was no challenge at all in no. the box to, to try and get it. It was a clean header. 
Yeah, I stood no chance at all. And, then, and they'd actually rattled one off the post not long before that from a header as well. Yeah. Which the guy, I think it was Roe, was unmarked in the box. At that time. At that time as well. Yeah. So it's it's not the first time this season. It's definitely not going to be the last the way the defence is playing. There's, it's a stat. I need to go back and look at all the goals that they've conceded. To me, vast, vast majority of them appears to be unmarked players in the box. Individual mistakes. Yeah. Just dumb, dumb moves. Um, the 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 are you talking about unmarked? Uh, Kellen Rowe, uh, the goal he scored. Um, Tiber got hacked down. They were complaining big time about that. But even yeah, Tiber needs to get up when the call's not there. Yeah, but he was. Well, we he don't was know if he, if, he was if he was hurt. If he was, it was a stinger. He, you're not going to get up. But right then away. the the ball comes across to Rowe. Yeah. One one striker against three white caps defenders. Yeah. First time shot, bottom corner, excellent finish. Well, they had uh, the the England coach Jay Heap said that uh, Kamara was occupying the two central defenders, but I didn't see that too much. But um, I think it was. And my question is, where's Laba? Because those guys draw back a little bit. And Roll was talking about in in his uh, post game interview that when when it, something like that happens, he sees the defenders pull like back into the six yard area. He kind of peeled out on top of the box waiting for the pass there and he took it from Bunbury and finished it really nicely too. Oh, it, it was a great finish. It was the kind of finishing we did not see from the Whitecaps the, this afternoon. The kind of finishing you want to see Mane when Hurtado set him up inside the box and all he had to do was like guide it into the net and he skied that. I mean, that was that was <laughs> unbelievable. That was, that was here, I don't know. I mean, he was through one and one earlier in the season. That, one, and, that was Maddox-esque. Yes. Yeah, if Matix had been doing that, you would have like crucified him for it. Yeah, but that was a horrible. It's Manny, and I think he just got excited. He got he didn't get his foot over the ball. He got his foot underneath the ball. It, it went blasting well, high. They need to. He he had a lot of space. He should have taken that. And that's the one thing these Whitecaps don't do. They don't take that extra touch if they notice that they don't have space. They just want to hammer everything through the net into the stands, through the stands into out into the parkade. And the Whitecaps' goal did come from a fantastic free kick, Nicholas oh, yeah. Mosquita. For sure. And Mosquita had such a good game and went over at Ottawa that you expected him to start in the number 10 role today anyway with Pedro missing through suspension. But he didn't He didn't light it up the way that he did against Ottawa and I was a little bit disappointed with him. Yeah, the, other than the, the free kick, uh, which you called... Uh, you were calling that before they even happened. Oh, the, Give me credit Knight, for that. Knight and left so much space at yeah. that side. It was just he had to go there. Yeah, and then so basically, um, uh, yeah. Other than that free kick, he, he kind of disappeared and really didn't link up very well with Laba or Tiber. It seemed like, although Tiber wasn't linking up with anybody, he just seemed to be wanting to spend all this time with the center backs, Jacobson and Parker, which is probably what he was told to do. But still, you got to move it forward a little bit. They spent a lot of time back and forth along the back line, and they weren't getting those passes into the into the dangerous areas. I mean, the, the word I would use to, to sum up the performance, I, I thought, or the, the game was frustration. Yeah. Frustrating game. Robbo several times said that he thought it was an excellent performance, and yeah. it's just that they, it wasn't their day. Yeah. But you make your own luck in this game, and they created chances, and Eric Hurtado squandered a great one just before half time, straight through in the keeper. We we were talking about it. He should have gone round him because Knighton had committed to going down. Knighton was basically had his foot still. He was, he couldn't move along with him. He was just ready to take the the, the shot on, and Hurtado. 
this is uh, maybe comes with experience. He should have noticed that that obviously it's easier to see from up there uh, where we are. But if he had just uh, just took two more steps forward and done the same shot, that's in the net. 100%. And we'll talk about Hurtado's performance uh, in the, the next little the segment as well. Yeah, he got man of the match, but we'll, we'll come to that. Before we go any further with our thoughts, let's hear a little bit now from both head coaches. So first of all, we're going to hear from the victorious New England head coach, Jay Heaps, watching his team get their their first road win of the season and coming a couple of days after a gruelling 120-minute battle in the US Open Cup. Uh, and then we'll also hear from... A more upbeat than I expected, Carl Robinson. Not a lot from Carl, because as always, you'll get that on the, on the Caps website, but we'll play a little bit from Robo. So here's both coaches. Really proud of our guys, because it was it was tough. And, um, you know, playing 120 minutes on Wednesday, guys like Jose, London, Scotty, um, you know, they, they all played 90 plus to 120. So really proud of, of, of what they were able to do. And, uh, you know, look, we played against a really good Vancouver team. They were dangerous, um, organized, and... Um, you know, we knew we, we knew we had to take on and weather, weather the storm a little bit, and I thought we did a great job of that. Another good performance from Brad Knighton. Played well on Wednesday, another great one today. Has it kind of given you something to think about for the starting position going forward now? Well, I think certainly. I mean, that was what we were, we were hoping for was a, a lift from, from Brad, and uh, we knew you know, he was always going to get that Open Cup game, and I think he really you know, rose to that occasion and again tonight. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, we'll go back and look, but uh, really like what we see from him, yes. Uh, Coach, can you talk about maybe the turnaround your team's had? I think you've got three wins in your last four games. What's different now than, say, than from at the start of the season? Well, you know, it, it did coincide with, with the signing of Kai and, and the trade for Kai, so that, that definitely gave us a lift um, a lift and another really good soccer player. And even though we haven't, um, he hasn't scored yet, He's really dangerous, and I think he's he's occupying so much attention that guys like Kellen was able to find that ball at the top of the box because when we looked at the replay, um, you know, two guys are covering Kai, so there's a little bit more space for the guys around him. So that's been one thing. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I think early in the year, and Jeff can attest to this, but I didn't think we were playing poorly. I thought we were just we, were, we were, weren't getting results. We were a little naive in situations. So. Um, you know, now we're just. I want to continue to put together 90-minute performances. We we're putting together 70, 60-minute performances and losing on a bad play. Now we're putting together 90 minutes, and I think that's been the, the most important thing over the last four games. With the way you've started, and you've been a bit of a draw specialist of sorts <laughs> now, but now you're trying to get upperly mobile in these, which is definitely there for the taking. Um, a, a win like this really gives you a chance now to really get up there because there was a certain amount of expectation you'd be up around the summit in the East, in the Eastern Conference, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I think that we, we were, like you said, we we felt we were, as I mentioned, earlier, I didn't think we were playing poorly, but we were we were managing, uh, we weren't managing games well and losing losing or when I say losing games, we weren't losing as we were we were giving away points, you know, win wins up up a goal and giving up a tie or something like that, and so I think that, um, and I've always said this, when you when you can put together ties, if, if they're good ties and you follow up with a win on the road, you really put yourself in position. And I think that there are expectations. We want to be battling, you know, the, the Eastern Conference top. I feel like that's an expectation from the beginning of the year. And um, we have a core group of guys that have been together. So our expectations are to continue to push, um, you know, to, to push the Eastern Conference and, and be at the top of that as best we can. So, Carl, uh, obviously a frustrating night. W was the main difference just clinicalness in front of goal? Yeah, I think so. I think the, the performance was excellent. I just said to the guys in there, the result is disappointing. I've got a disappointed bunch of players in there because I think we didn't get what we deserved today. I think we deserved to win the game, uh, but it's what you do in both boxes. In the past, 
and there's been games where there's been a big break as well. The teams come out a little bit flat, a little bit sluggish, but there was a lot of intensity tonight. Did the two games yep. and the Canadian Championship help with that? I think so. I think the personnel as well. We had a number of players missing, and the guys who come in stepped stepped up their levels. I thought we were excellent, but we lost. Circumstances kind of dictated what the team was going to be today, but our suspension starting to kill the team a little bit now. Well, they did today. I had three players missing, and uh, that's a disappointing thing. But the other guys who stepped in took their chances. So, you know, do we need to be better at that? Yeah, we do. You know, and I, I've addressed it with the guys, and we will be better than that. But, you know, some things are in my control, which that is, but other things aren't, unfortunately. So, as both coaches there, Jay Heaps and Carl Robinson, Jay Heaps obviously really proud, as he said, of his team's performance. And we have to touch on the fact that they did play a US Open Cup game on Wednesday, 120 minutes in Carolina, really grueling 1-0 winning the end. It was hot there too. Yeah, hot. And eight of the players that started today played a big part in that. Five of the ones that started today started on Wednesday, with three of the guys coming on as subs early in the second half and then obviously playing extra time well, as well. Well, two of them came on early in the second half. One came in the 80th yeah, Kevin minute. Yeah, Kamara so that came was on both, late. Uh, no, no, Tierney came on late. Oh, Tierney? Uh, yeah, Tierney but he came still on. played 40 minutes. 40 minutes still, yeah, and, and the travel and everything. It's it's a team, it's a game that they should have won. Yeah. Honestly, they, there was no excuse for but not winning. I have to give full credit to New England. They did not look tired. Well... The last closing minutes, yeah. they maybe had a little bit of heavy legs, and yeah. the, the turf here is going to do that as yeah. well. But you would, if you had said which one of these teams had just played a, a two-hour game a couple of days ago, you couldn't really have picked them. No, not really. I, I was, I was very impressed. Someone asked me as we we're going down to the press conference, would I class that as a an excellent New England performance or a poor Vancouver performance? I want to say excellent New England, but I think it was a professional New England performance. That, that's, that's actually a good way of wording it, because yeah. they did everything that they needed to do. They were clinical in front of goal, and I was very impressed with them. And, and and they seem to have turned it right now. Three f- wins in the last four games. And the first one on the road this year, yeah. which we seem to be giving away. Like The first road to every team. Is, like Houston got their first point on the road last time. New England gets their first win on the roads. It seems like the Whitecaps are just uh, not feeling it at home at all no and let, let's talk about some of the white cat performances now mm-hmm. who, who was your man of the match Eric Hurtado got it he did put in a shift I feel bad knocking him because it's a different Eric Hurtado that we're seeing this year and I had a discussion with someone else after the game as well we, we discussed Hurtado's performance today I felt that he should have taken his chances and uh, I I I'm not saying that he's an MLS quality player. And the person that I was speaking to, who I, I won't say who it was, he felt that it was unfair to say that. He is MLS quality and that he's come on leaps and bounds this season from last season. And he has. Yeah, yeah, but, I agree with that, he has. But has he come on from two years ago when he had that, that run of games where he got all the goals? But that was only five games. You can't really yeah, that's judge, exactly that, what the guy said to yeah, me. Yeah, you, you can't really judge it basically two years ago. But the guy's 25 now. That's, that's has the he issue. hit his ceiling? Is he going to get any better? Can you teach him to finish? The, the thing is, is with a lot of players, especially in MLS, it seems like a lot of players do tend to keep growing and and get better it's 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 not everywhere but there's always like one or two players maybe three per team that if the longer they stay with the team the actual better they get and they actually start playing well and maybe a lot of it comes from the guys that's come from the college scene because they haven't had the development that they need exactly yeah 
But I not everybody could be Tim Parker and she shows no. up and be really ready to play. I, I wanted Perez to start today, but I, I genuinely yeah, thought Hurtado was gonna start yeah. because the way that him and Manny have linked up in the last couple of games. But what I found out after the game is Blas actually what he wasn't on the bench because of his exertions with Panama and Copa America. He actually took a knock in training. Oh. So he wasn't deemed possibly good to, to start the game. Or at least go 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he looked good when he came on. Um, he's, he rocketed a chance high over the, the bar as well. But, I mean, Hurtado put in a hard shift. He did mm. a lot of work. But he was your striker. He's the guy that you want to put the ball in the net. And uh, he was doing all the work, crossing the ball into the box. And then there's no one there to finish it. I'm basically going from the top to the like the top of the formation to the back. And I, the only player who I think really played well and really pushed forward, while he didn't get very many chances, but he's not supposed to, is Jordan Harvey. Yeah, um, he, Jordan, was, he was my man in the match. Jordan Harvey was all over the field. He was attacking their fullbacks, their wingers getting balls before they got over the wall and crossing the ball in. He sent in some nice crosses too yeah. that could have been attacked better. There, there was so many times in the second half you see someone going up the wing or a ball coming over and you look and it's like, oh, it's Harvey again. Yeah. No, he was he, he was he all was over the pitch. I, th- phenomenal. I, think, I think he was... Uh, AJ uh, Styles of the Whitecaps. Yeah, he was... Uh, I think he was... The, pro- the problem is with unless he scores a goal, nobody's really going to notice it. Yeah. And, or unless somebody converts his... Uh, or unless he makes cross. a bad mistake at the back and then someone's going to notice gonna that. Notice, obviously, yeah. But like he's another he's an example of a player who was solid, and then is now really becoming a really really good player in MLS. Yeah, I and really. Where would this team be without Jordan Harvey at this point? I I can't say, I speak highly enough of how he's played this year, and yeah. he's he's kept Sam that could be completely out of the lineup. Yeah. And and probably hurt his confidence too, Sam. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Sam has on. actually gone backwards a little bit yeah. from his performances in some of the USL games. Yeah, I think his confidence. A lot of it has to do with confidence because he's not getting that MLS yeah. minutes. But but for me, Harvey was the man of the match. Yeah, Blanius was lively when he came on. I knew he wasn't going to get the start because he he j- just played with, with Costa Rica a couple of days ago. I asked Carol after the game, did he feel that? the suspensions are now kind of starting to take its toll on the team. And he said, well, today, yeah, because they were missing three key guys. Kendall, two designated players, Octavio and Pedro. But on the pitch as well, I think it's it's having an effect. Because, like, and I think I, I 100% agree that they had a reason to question some of those yellow cards, like the Jordan Smith one and a couple other ones. But it seems like whenever they got a yellow card and maybe New England didn't get a call against them, that it would really frustrate the heck out of the Whitecaps players, and they were letting the referee show it, and then obviously the referee's going to keep going against the Whitecaps because he's getting yelled at by them. Um, the, the bench was having a go at the lino, the, and it was just back and forth, and they were really, after that uh, second goal, when they felt the balls there should have been a foul called because uh, Tiber went down, that, that one really took it over the edge. And the, after that, there was a, one incident where a New England player took down... Uh, no, a, a Whitecap took down a New England player in the New England blocks. And they called that one, like, soon after the goal was scored. And th- that was when everybody just went livid. 
because yeah. that was basically the same similar play. There is definitely a feeling in the camp. I think that the referees have got it in for them, and yeah. they have to shake that. They can't. They can't have that mentality, whether we feel it or not, which I do. Well, I I feel that the the, the refereeing today was horrendous. I I I, 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 I mean, some people know in the stands, Andy O'Brien was here. Um, he got a really nice applause, but I spoke to him downstairs and I asked him, and he said, compared to two years ago, the refereeing has gone downhill, and it's it's really no comparison. And I was speaking, we were we're talking about Euro a little bit, and everybody's praising the the refereeing there. I think everybody in North America is praising it because they're seeing what they're, they're seeing in MLS, and they just can't they see the difference in quality, and that's why it's so good there. And Robo had said we didn't, we didn't put this in in Robo's soundbite there, but. Robo said after the game that he learned something today, that he was questioning a, a, a call. I think it might have been on timer, actually. I'm not I think, sure. I think that's the one. Are you yeah. And he had said, oh, the I, I learned that it's a new rule that if you kick a player's foot, it's not going to be a free kick. Yeah. And then a minute later, my player does that, and then he gets a free that's, kick against that's, him. That's, that's what happened. That, that's what I was talking about. That's when they ever, and that, that's when, during the game, I was telling you that Robinson actually clapped and then patted the lino on the back or something like that at that point. That's when that whole incident occurred. And, I mean, we haven't really spoken about the, the suspensions and everything that were handed out. Now, Kendall got the two-game ban. Yeah. It's kind of hard to argue against I'm, that. I'm not arguing against that one at all. We've talked about that before. Yeah, and you do have to wonder if things are going to be in his head now, especially because he got sent off for, for Costa Rica as well in the first game at Copa. Yeah. So he's not having a good time of it. He's definitely having a lot of time to spend with his family and a lot of time for rest. He's going to be well-rested for the playoffs. Pedro, the Whitecaps appealed that. It was turned down. And I don't know how the hell that was turned down. Because the referee's report said that Pedro had put his hands to the player's face. And there's clear video evidence that there was no touching of the face. And that's why they appealed it. But I think it was turned down because Pedro did still push him. So he raised his hand. After the red card was By the letter of the law, it would be a suspension. (laughs) No no, I kind of, I kind of get that because he did raise his hands. Cool. Now raise the Octavio Rivera one, out there. the Octavio suspension. Silly, another one. Now one. I thought this was really harsh um, until it was pointed out to me that there's some video footage that actually shows that Octavio did clip the keeper. Yeah, and we know he clipped the keeper. That no, happened. I didn't actually think oh. he. I didn't think he made contact. No, no, he did come in contact with him. It, it, the, the, but it was clipping, and then there were. The but he, he left in. his foot in, so I, I don't think you can kind of really. Oh, I still. Don't, I, th- I think. I think. It's, I think that happens quite often. Yeah. Was Jordan Smith now going to get one? That was he, what I was going to ask you. It's no. like Smith gets booked today. Knighton got injured. The way that Disco are going, surely Smith is now going to get a suspension oh, for surely. endangering the keeper because he's a white cap yeah. and he hurt somebody. Yeah. So I mean, he, he's he's bound to get suspended during the week. He'll probably Parker probably get that. told on Friday. So, any any other performances from the Whitecaps today that you wanted to talk about? No, not really. Okay. Parker, Jacobson were solid. I didn't think they yeah, really had to blame, really to blame for anything. I actually like the Parker Jacobson centre back pair. Yeah. I'm liking it a bit more than Parker Waston. Yeah. Oh, I, and then I also I think uh, Alston really had no chances on either nah. one of those goals, so not nothing to blame for him either. But I mean, his frustration. They're giving up silly free kicks again on the edge of the box, one of yeah. which was punished today. But New England, full credit to them, they did well. Brad Knighton was one of a number of white caps that came back. Lee Wynn, he was only really here for a cup of coffee though and a, a few inappropriate tweets. 
and Dago Kobayashi, he, he was back as well, still looking as bad as he was when he played for us. <laughs> but Brad Knighton yeah. had an outstanding game for the Revs on Wednesday night in that win against Carolina, was given the nod today over Shuttleworth, which I think surprised people, and they probably wouldn't have been prepared for Knighton being in goal. But I think he, he did himself a lot of good today, and I, I asked heaps, as you heard afterwards, if it's possibly like really put him in this the thing for a starting spot, but I, I thought Knighton did well. Yeah, Knighton, uh, I, th- I, I, I was surprised he didn't uh, pressure him more. That's the problem, though. They only got four on target, um, and it, it wasn't enough to pressure him. So what, uh, whatever the case, the, he came in, he obviously had a little bit of motivation, extra motivation being the team that, that traded him, and I think, uh, or released him. I can't remember what happened at that time. But basically, they brought in Oset to replace him. Although he's not going to say it, he definitely had extra motivation. But he did say a few things, and yep. Steve, you went into the, the New England locker room afterwards, so we're going to hear a little bit now from former Whitecap Brad Knighton, and we're also going to hear from goal scorer, winning goal scorer, sadly, Kellen Rowe. Brad, first of all, can you just talk about the result here, particularly in context of Wednesday night, playing 120 minutes in the heat and then coming all the way out here to Vancouver and picking up three points? Yeah, it's just, you know, we rolled our sleeves up, uh, did what we had to do and got the result. Uh, it's a massive win for us on the road. Um, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough week for us playing two games on the road, but um, everyone, you know, believed in, that we could do it and, you know, we pulled out the result here as well. Did you also know it's going to be a little bit of kind of holding on there at the end because it seemed like the last 15, 20 minutes or so, the legs probably getting pretty tired. It just kind of became a... You know, an exercise and just holding on to the result. Yeah, totally. You know, if we we, we kept our shape, uh, we knew we were in good spots, and uh, they were they were going to have trouble breaking us down. And um, like you said, yeah, tired legs. Uh, you know, playing 120 on Wednesday and then having to come here, fly across North America and, and come play here, um, and it's a very tough place to play here. So uh, the guys did a fantastic job in front of me, and it's a great result for us. A little extra added motivation playing against the former team and getting the win. Yeah, you know, any time be able to come back to to Vancouver is, is, is something special. So um, very fortunate and grateful for the opportunity. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just glad to, to, to have this team in, in, in winning ways right now. And, you know, we've won three in a row right now, so we're going to keep this thing going and um, hopefully more to come. Will this be the type of result that gets you up really mobile in these? Because it's there for the taking with any team right now, whether you're down the bottom end or right end, how tight it is. Yeah, you know, it's super tight in the east as well as it is in the west. But, you know, for us, uh, if we can get a couple wins going, we take one at a time, uh, you'll see us moving up the table. But, um, you know, we're taking it one game at a time. And um, anyone in this league, you know, you go your ups and you go through your ups and downs through the league. And um, it's, it's, it's how you weather the storm and, and how you bounce back from, from going through those rough spells. Um, and, you know, we're on the right path right now and hopefully continue that way. Kelly, how did it feel to get the match winner against the Whitecaps with friends and family in attendance tonight? You know, it was good. I think it was a good uh, team goal for us. You know, Daigo coming off. I think Daigo won the ball, and then Teal uh, got his head up and played a good ball in, and all he did was put it back to the net. Surprised that you were that much open? You know, it's one of those that if you peel the top of the box, a lot of times defenders will drop into that, uh, that danger six zone. So um, I tried to find open space, and Teal found me in a good ball. Let's talk about the result here. First road win of the season, and in context of, of coming here straight from North Carolina after a really long kind of slog on Wednesday night. Yeah, no, it was it was tough. You know, Wednesday, Wednesday was hot in North Carolina. It was a long one. You know, we had the delay. Um, a lot of guys played a lot of minutes, and uh, then and then the flight over. So this is definitely a great result for us. One, it's on the road, and, and two, it's a it's a good opponent in Vancouver. So um, you know, we're glad that we get away with three points and we get to go home uh, for a little bit and then off to DC. 
that's four wins in five if you go back to before the break. So is the confidence growing in the group a little bit? Definitely. I think the confidence has been growing all year. Um, we've, you know, didn't have the best start, but I don't think it was terrible. And uh, we're now starting to find our form and finding goals and um, creating creating chances for us to win a game rather than just tie or lose. So uh, I think we're we're getting better each game, and that's what you want. You want to be, you know, hitting your stride towards the end of the year. So Brad Knight and Kellen Rowe there, and. There was two other players that everyone was looking forward to maybe seeing out of the game today. One was Gershon Kofi, who didn't travel with his knee injury. I'm sure he would have got a, a rousing reception from the hardcore Whitecaps fans today. But somebody that did actually get a rousing reception after the game, which a lot of folk won't have seen, was Kai Kamara. Now, the the Southsiders seem to be doing some kind of recording afterwards. We're doing a it number was of EA chants. Sports or and, something like that. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So they they were recording some chants for for EA Sports, and Kai Kamara was walking across the pitch. This they, they started in a, we wish you were ours, we wish you were ours, Kai Kamara, we wish you were ours, and they kept that going for a little bit, and then Kai actually came over and spoke to them, which I thought was a, a class act. So yeah. great guy. He could have been a white cap. Or so some people say. The Whitecaps say no. They weren't interested in him. But Kai Kamara says otherwise. And Steve, you got a chance to to ask Kamara about that and a few other things as well after the game. So let's just hear a little bit now from New England Revolution striker. And it still feels a little bit weird saying that. Kai Kamara. The coach was saying that you haven't scored a goal yet with New England, but you're contributing in so many other ways, including helping with the row goal because you've occupied two defenders. Is that very important for you to I, I mean, I think I know that I haven't scored one yet, yeah. but uh, I think I still have some more some goals in the MLS, and I'm not worried at all. You know, really right now, uh, being part of this team, uh, playing, you know, four games, five including cup games, and getting, you know, mostly wins to me, it's just perfect, and that's really what I want to, you know, to just add into the team, you know, whatever energy or venom I can add um, with these guys going forward, us getting wins, going up in the table, that's 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 better than goals for me. Coming here to um, Vancouver, it's yeah. kind of surreal because yeah. at the time of the trade deadline, a lot of people were <laughs> reporting that you were coming to yeah. Vancouver. How, how, how did it feel coming here considering you were almost traded here? Well, yeah, that's what it's, I'm it's a good place. I mean, I love Vancouver. I love, you know, coming to play here. Um, fans are awesome. Um, it's, it was amazing to hear that, you know, they were trying to get me. Um, but it's, it's good. It's positive when you know that people want you, you know. Um, I have really good relationship with some of the guys here and, you know, even uh, playing against the, the coach for, for, for a long time, uh, a while back. But um, just being here, I actually thought 90, 90 plus percent that I was going to come here, but it didn't happen. So it's kind of, yeah, surreal, as you say. Was that people telling you that or was that things you were hearing on like social media? Uh, you know, it's, it's a small league. You know, we all know each other in yeah. this league and we're all brothers in this league. So, you know, the words get around. Oh. And uh, the only word that didn't get around was me going to, to New England. Official, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. me going to New England, okay. but uh, it's good. Okay, perfect. Thanks a lot. No problem. Yeah. So Kai Kamara there revealing that over 90% he thought he was coming here and he'd, the, the last place he thought he was going was New England. Yeah, um, lo- regular contributor to our podcast, uh, Har, uh, uh, had it on Red Nation Online that he, when she spoke to him, same thing. But the interesting thing was that he when he, when I asked him about the social media thing, was it just social media? And he was saying no, he 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 heard it from people around the league. It wasn't just uh, what he was hearing there, and um, it looked like he was surprised that he was going to New England. Um, very shocked. He didn't hear anything about New England. So obviously New England came in at that last second. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd still like to see him here because he's a guy that can actually finish chances. And like, this is MLS, never say never. Yeah, and I hope October Rivera wasn't there when they were chanting that song. <laughs> he was rumoured to be going the other way when that happened. Yeah, and there was rumours this week about Octavio possibly being linked with a couple of clubs in Uruguay. Yeah. But I mean, Rivero is in a rich vein of form. Yeah. Couldn't play today because of his suspension, but he is going to be available for the game on Tuesday night. Very short turnaround for the Caps. And surprisingly, actually, the Caps are training here on Monday and they're not flying out until Monday afternoon to Toronto. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to really have any time to, to get used to... The humid weather. Yeah. I think it's very humid there in Toronto now. And especially because it's pouring rain and freezing here. Yeah. Although it is meant to be nice on Monday. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, game coming up. Canadian Championship first leg. Toronto FC. Javinko's back for Toronto. But the Whitecaps... You have to feel that they, they can now play Pedro, they can play Kendall, because he's not suspended for those games. Bolanes, Perez... Well, they have the full lineup. They can play anybody they want to at that point. Do you think, though, that they will go for a super strong lineup, or are we going to see a mixture? Because on the bench today, we had McKendry and Bustos. And Bustos played today, too. Yeah, yeah and I actually himself. thought he did not bad for the, the few minutes Because he, was he wasn't playing on the wing. Yeah, he was active. Don't play him on the wing. Play him centrally. I know. And you can see what saying he can that do. Now. But... I, how do you think that? How do you think that Rob is going to go on Tuesday? Is he going to go with a strong lineup? I think it's going to be a mixture. I think that he'll obviously see who's who's feeling good on Monday and everything. And I think he will use because it's a Tuesday and the next game's on Saturday in Philadelphia. I think they'll they'll probably stay on the East Coast the whole week. They're not going to travel all the way back to Vancouver because it's Tuesday. That gives even if whoever plays on Tuesday can probably easily play on 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 Saturday. Because it's the the week, the uh, it's not that short of a week as it normally would be Wednesday to Saturday. So I think he plays a mixture. Um, yeah, I think we'll see Tornagi in goal again because he did really well against. Yeah, Ottawa. I I would see and I, I see see his last team last year where they play Ulster in the second league possibly. Yeah. Make sure and they win. probably Smith, uh, and it could be, yeah. and Parker and Siler as as your centre backs or Siler or Waston. He hasn't played for a while. Oh, of course. Well, I was just yeah. mentioning Boston as well. Yeah, so maybe oh, Siler and Boston. Maybe gets a little nod at centre-back and Tim plays right-back. Possibly. We'll see what they do because Fraser Aird is still, I think, away on Brazil. But I think we have to see Pedro in it because yeah. we need him. We need, we need his influence. And for me, if they can get an away goal, even if it's a 2-1 defeat, even if it's a 3-1 defeat, if they can get an away goal out there, I'm confident that they can get this job done and, and retain the trophy. What I'd like to see is do uh, Pedro um, and then do um, McKendry with possibly Bustos up top because Pedro and Bustos might have a good, uh, um, you know, they, they were almost a mentor-mentee kind of relationship. Um, so it could be a good combination. They're good, good chemistry, both uh, one Chilean and one Chilean uh, de uh, descent. He's Canadian now. Canadian important, now. Important yes. to stress important, that. Yes. Uh, don't worry, anybody. Um, uh, and then, obviously, on the wings, I don't see Mane playing there. I don't play Sichera because they played almost, I, I think they played 90 minutes and they didn't come off. So, they're going to have to figure out who else can play wing. I think Bellanius will start on the wing. Oh, and maybe Froze on the other side yeah, or something like that. Whatever has happened to Froze, he wasn't even on the bench today. Yeah, maybe he's got he, a He could knock. be playing USL tomorrow just to have a, a full game or something. And he might have had a knock too, you never know. And then uh, up top, uh, why not put Rivera yeah. or Perez, one of the two? I'd go both. But I think that might be a little bit too. You think maybe we four four two? I'd I'd like to see that. I would too. But that's just me. What what's your prediction then? It's hard to say. Uh, if they do, if they do a very young squad, I think they lose. 
Yeah, uh, I do. By, no, I, I, think, I think either. I think a, by a couple of goals, maybe even three. If they go with a mixed, then they have a chance to squeak out a draw with an away goal. So I'm going to go three-one if they play a strong team, and three now if they don't. Okay, so they get that away goal. Yeah, I think that's going to be the the crucial thing in this as well. I say, I say, okay, I'll say two-one uh, with a strong team, and uh, or even medium team, and then uh, obviously four-nil with a, with a weak team. And what I would like to see as well is in stoppage time. Yeah. Robo has one substitution left. He brings on Jordan Smith. And takes out Jovinko. He takes out Jovinko. And then, fantastic. Yeah. Jordan Smith, folk hero. It's Christmas. Yeah. And talking of Christmas, it's Christmas in June for, for us at AFTN every year because it's the USSDA playoffs. Yes. And that means it's residency week. And this podcast is actually going to kick off residency week. And we'll explain why shortly. But... Residency week, it's back in Texas, back down in Frisco. Both the Caps under 18s and under 16 sides are seeded for the tournament. The 18s are seeded 7th. The 16s, after a phenomenal season, are seeded 3rd. Both have fairly, I don't want to say easy because you don't know, but it's like very winnable groups. The 18s, there was a late switch, no controversy. (laughs) (laughs) No no buys here, but um, they had three wildcard teams. And then there was a glitch with the submission of an LA Galaxy score towards the end, um, which gave them a different ranking, and now they've got LA Galaxy. Oh, excellent. Yeah. No no controversy. <laughs> oh, no, no. Never happens. Um, but the 16s, they've, they've got, which looks on paper again, and with the form that they've been in, uh, a really strong thing as well. But the 18s are on a 29-game unbeaten run. Yeah. 30, if you include the win they had over Van United in the friendly as well. And the... The 16s, they've won 11 out of their last 12. So, in that 29-game unbeaten run, the 18s had a lot of draws, but that was 10 straight wins that the 16s had. Then they lost the game, then they finished the season with a win. Very hopeful for both sides. We're going to have a lot coming up for residency week, as always, Steve. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have uh, interviews with certain players, um, and we're hopefully get some rankings done. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm just uh, trying to speak to a few more people and trying to get a, a, an overall look at oh, what the prospects look like. And we're going to also hear from both coaches, Rich Fagan for the 18s and Adam Day for the 16s, and a few chats with them as well. So watch out for that. It's running all week on AFTN, and it's one of our favourite times of the year. So as I said, we're going to kick off Residency Week with this podcast. And we're going to speak to our residency alumni. It's a guy we've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. Time differences and a very, very busy schedule has kind of presented. Unexpected busy schedule. Yeah. I don't think he was expecting to play this much. No, uh, <laughs> and he's revealed he's actually training at least six, sometimes seven days a week. Wow. Um, and when he's not training, he's playing. So we, we finally got a chance to catch up with him. He was back in Vancouver for a week's break. Back from Scotland. Yes, we're talking about former Whitecap Dario Zanata. 14 appearances for Hearts, first team in the SPFL and Scottish Cup this year, and a number of appearances for the under-20 side, banging in a number of goals. And a former winner of a Umbrella Academy Player of the Year. Yeah. So we had a good chance to chat with Dario, just about what took him to Scotland, how he's settling in at Hearts, just at the season that he's had, his contract extension, even touched a little bit about his Canadian hopes for the future and the caps that he's had for, for Canada so far. So let's hear now... From former Whitecap, current Jambo, Dario Zanata. 
guess the, the first thing to to talk to you about is like you went over like you you left the fi- the white caps in I think February February last year, and then you, when you went over to Europe, you had a couple of trials, different people in England, Scotland, stuff like that. Was it getting to the stage that you were getting a little bit frustrated, or did you always know that that something was going to happen for you? because of course you want everything to go well but um, I was just really positive in the way I was looking at it and I was very hopeful like um, before last summer when I knew I was going back for another trial and they were interested in me that's when it gave me the real like the real drive to push on and I thought that there was a good opportunity because when I went there I thought I showed well the first time so I never really got after after my trial at Ipswich when I was there for a few weeks that's when I got and I working that's when I was a little um, I'd say upset and you know a little down on myself but after that I picked myself up and moved on from there and I thought that I'd find somewhere for myself basically. I mean making the move overseas at, at such a young age especially on your own it's, it's such a big big thing to do yeah. did you did you have two were you in two minds about it or were you just so focused that you wanted to have this pro career and you knew like, there's way better opportunities for you over in Europe than, than you would ever get over here. Yeah, the way I was looking at it was I wanted to make something of that. And I just thought that over in Vancouver, like, it would have been a really tough tough pathway to make it to the first team. And I, and I thought that, like, I had to make a sacrifice if I wanted something to come from it almost. Um, I was thinking about going to college and everything like that, but, like, that wasn't my goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was to become professional, and I knew that... Uh, it's not like I had to go sign for a massive club or anything like that. I just knew that in, in Europe there's going to be tons of opportunities. So I knew that if things were to go well and I just played to what I was thought I was capable of and just keep on improving, that there was a good chance there. So it's for me, it was just more making the decision of finding out where the right place was for me because I knew that I was willing to make the sacrifice of moving over there. And it's just gone so well. So it looks like such a good decision so far. Yeah, I mean, everything's worked out fantastic. And like the, the good thing about going to Europe is, apart from there being so many clubs, yeah. y- you've got, like, if people here sign for Whitecaps 2, they still can't play for the, the MLS team because they have to have an MLS contract. Whereas, like, you can do well like you did with the under-20s, and right away, if you do well, they'll pull you into the first team setup. So that, that must have been a big thing for you. No, that's definitely, like, it's one of the big things about it too is if you're signed to the club, you can play for any of the levels. So... Like, even I was watching the Whitecaps game last night and a boy like Alfonso, he did so well, but yeah. be, like, he's not signed to an MLS contract, so I think that's, like, a little tough for, like, that'd be tough for him, even knowing that he could have done so well, but it's not like he could play for the rest of the season or however long they take to play sign him, but I knew that if I went over there and I proved myself, even with the under-20s, that I'd, I could easily be involved with the first team quite quickly, and I think that's one of the big bonuses of playing over in Europe, you know what I mean, and Something that I think that like hinders some of the boys in Vancouver or in the MLS stuff like that. Yeah, I, I know with Alfonso and all all the USL guys now. There's a new clause in the contract where oh, okay. they they can be called up four times over the year. Oh, okay. Bye. That's new to me. Yeah, it it just changed this year, but oh, okay. Alfonso's now already used two of those. Oh, really? So. so yeah, so if they want him to play against Toronto, then he can't play any more for them for the rest of the year. It's kind of crazy. Oh, well, yeah, that's strange, you'd think. No, I, I was quite impressed with Alfonso last night. I did really well. 
yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's tough for young guys to break into any teams, and like going to Hearts. Like, what? Well, first of all, what what took you to Hearts? How how did that come about? Uh, basically, um, my agent that I work with, uh, he got he got in contact with the club, and they were interested in uh, a younger attacking type player like myself. So I thought that my agent thought it was probably a good fit. He thought that the level would be up to my standards I was looking for, and he thought that there's something I could. Um, if things went well, that I could progress quite quickly with. So um, basically, I went there on trial, and everything went well, and I enjoyed it. There was a good group of boys, and I felt wanted there, so that's that's why basically I signed for them and everything. And you've certainly done fantastic. You started off in the under-20s, and I know you made some pre-season appearances before you signed. You actually played against my club, East Fife. Yeah, and you probably don't know this, but the I because you were playing there, I told the manager, "Oh, keep an eye on on, on Dario; he's a really good prospect." Yeah. And you really impressed him, and he actually wanted to take you on loan. Well, oh, really, yeah. yeah, but Hearts had said no; that it was way too early. They wanted to see how you progressed, and then it, okay. obviously it's been fantastic for you because you've oh, yeah. And <laughs> did did in your wildest dreams? I know you would hope to do it, but did you think you would get? those first team opportunities so quickly? No, not at all. Like the way I was looking at it was my goal was to almost train with like get more opportunities just to train with the first team. Like when things were going well at the start of the year and then basically just how things worked, I knew that if I kept on working hard like it wouldn't be it, it'd be it would only take a little while to maybe start making the squad and maybe get on the bench the odd week. But I never expected to play the fourteen times that I have and Started a few games, you know what I mean. I played in, I played against big clubs like Celtic and Hibs, like yeah. rival games like Hibs. So it's gone way better than I could even hope for, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's been great, honestly. I was going to ask you about the like Celtic and, and Hibs game, so I'll, I'll may as well mention that now. So like playing against Celtic, one of the biggest clubs in Scotland, packed house, fans, like fantastic. I mean, wh- what was that occasion like for you? No, it was. Um... It was unbelievable, honestly. It was that was my first home game too, so it was yeah. like opportunity I got to play at home in front of like, the home crowd and everything like that. And um, just to know that some of the boys like that I was going out to play against were such a good, such a high level and everything like that, and the reputation. I don't think that people over here would understand what it means to them over there. Some of the fans and everything it is, and played to play against Celtic, and no, it was unbelievable. And even just and then the other game against Hibs in the cup, yeah, it was. Like, I know it wasn't a good result in the end, but but still, like I've been to I've been to White Caps Portland games and it's a decent atmosphere, but just to be involved in this and to see how much it means to the whole city and all the fans was unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even to the club, even though how it didn't go as as planned, of course, but just knowing the feeling afterwards and how much it meant to everyone, even myself too, it was my first year there. But it's something that you pick up on so quickly. You know what I mean? And it was it was great. It was a great learning experience, definitely. Yeah, I mean the the, the Hibs Heart rivalry. It, it, yeah. It's 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 good natured banter on the whole. There is a little bit of hatred there, yeah. I, but it's 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 not as bad as Rangers and Celtic, in which oh. like you can walk around Edinburgh and it's like Hibs fans aren't going to really hassle you. No, no, but um, no. I've, from what I've heard from there's a few boys on the team that, of course, are from Glasgow, and yeah. tell, they've told me a little bit about what it's like and everything like that. And, the old firm games and how how much it means to some of them is it's it's something that like I would have never thought like it's so meaningful to some people. You know what I mean? It's almost 
it's like it's all they care about is going to the games on the weekends and supporting their club and it's it I'd love to be able to go and experience one of those games but even just the Edinburgh derby is it's quite it's quite it's quite meaningful to everyone yeah and you you made your debut against Partick Thistle away from home like when when were you told you were going to be in the squad for that and when you first came on if you can what what was going through your mind when you ran on the pitch for the first time no basically um probably three or four weeks beforehand is when i first made my first appearance on the bench it was against uh dundee united and basically after that i knew that if i just kept on pushing on that my chance would come and i knew going into the game against partick that we had beat them earlier in the year 4-0 or something like that or 3-0 so at I thought that that day that that could have been the chance, and basically how it happened was we went up, we went up three 0 and around the 60th minute, and I was looking around on the bench. I'm like, oh, this is this might be the day. <laughs> and, uh, no, running on, of course, it's um, I was nervous. I'm not not uh, of course I was nervous. It was my first opportunity, but I enjoyed it really much, and I just knew that there, were, there wasn't much pressure on me because by then there was four 0 almost when I came on, so I knew that. The game was almost set. And I just wanted to go and improve myself. And after getting that first experience of playing, it just gave me like the, the want to have more of it. You know what I mean? Has it been hard moving up and down from between like the first team and the under twenties? Yeah, I wouldn't say so it's for myself really. Um, of course, I got lots of opportunities training with the first team before I ever had the um, experience of going down the bench or anything yeah. like that. So. Just, I think that was the biggest thing for me was just trying to get used to it in training and then once I felt comfortable with that I knew that if I, my chances came with the first team I'd, I'd be comfortable and ready for it so um, I think also like I enjoy, I still really enjoy playing with the 20s because I think it's a good opportunity for myself to like show why I've had those chances to play with the first team so even if it's by leading by example or just playing well you know what I mean it's just working hard it's it's really important that I make sure that even if this year if I have to play for the 20s at times too, it's, it's important to make sure that I'm proving myself every game. And not, not thinking that I'm better than that because I'm definitely not. I know I need to still keep improving myself. Yeah, I mean, that's the key thing that they want to see. They want to see what your attitude's like when, when you yeah. go down there. It's like when the Whitecaps here, when they put the MLS guys down to USL, they, yeah. want, they want to see what their attitude's like and, and, and to see if they feel that they're too big for that. But, I mean, you, you then got offered a new contract, so you've signed with Hearts now until May 2019. Yeah. So, uh, having, having that kind of, I guess, settled future, it, it must really make you more comfortable and know that you can just, like, knuckle down now. You, don't, you still have to prove yourself, but yeah. you've, you've still got, the, you've got that security almost. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it, was, it was a big moment for myself knowing that when they offered me a new deal because it, it, um, it made me feel that... Uh, basically that they had a, a big interest in myself you know what I mean going forward and they clearly see a future with me if they were to offer like, for the contract they gave me and everything so for being so long and it's definitely one of those things now that I, I know that I can't take my foot off the gas and relax and think that oh I got three more years left it's all good but it's one of those things that I want to go prove myself even more now and get a new deal and you know what I mean and push on from there so it was, it was a really big moment for myself signing the new deal and, and um almost moving up a little bit in the system so it's definitely something that I know that um, just because I have the security of the deal it doesn't mean that things can't change and new new members can come into the staff or anything like that so I know that I and every week and every training session I need to keep on proving myself and no no pressure on you but 
like the fact you haven't got your first goal yet, is that playing on your mind at all? At least your first first team goal. You've been banging them in for the twenties, but yeah. you've had your chances. You you had a couple that I really thought you were going to tuck away, and yeah, does it play on your mind at all? Nah, it's one of those things that I've, I've scored lots of goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that eventually that my chance will come for the first team, and the way I look at it is, um, I'm comfortable in front of that in everything like that, and I've scored lots when I was in Vancouver, and I scored a decent amount this year for the twenties. So I know that um, I know that once I get the first one, that I hope that uh, many more will follow. <laughs> and this year, Hearts are in Europe as well, so. I mean, to go and play some games possibly in Europe, that must be an exciting prospect for you. No, it's massive. I think that um, it's massive for the club because it's the first year we've, we've uh, been there in a few years. And, yeah. Uh, it's definitely everyone's quite excited for it because things can go well. You win a few games and <laughs> you can end up being playing against big clubs like Manchester United in the Europa League this year, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think the way that everyone's looking at it is it's a really good opportunity to prove yourself and if I get a chance to play in the Europa, like uh, qualifiers or in the Europa League this year, it'd be uh, it'd be something that I could uh, remember forever. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I know everyone here's like everyone's following you really closely and to to see how you get on uh-huh. I, away from the footballing side. How how have you settled in in Edinburgh? I mean, I I, I love Edinburgh. I'm from about like forty minutes north of it. Yeah, Fife, isn't it? Um, I like Fife too. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's such a it's a wonderful city. There's just there's so much history there, and it, yeah, definitely. Like in August when the festival is on, it it's fantastic. Have you had a, a good chance to explore it? Yeah, definitely. Um, at the start of the year, lots of people told me about the festival, and I made sure that I live quite close to town. Also, so I, I take like a little bus ride in there, and I go see the festival. I went to see as much as I could from the festival. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, just getting used to living there was like, of course, the first few the first. Your first few months were hard because you're so far away from home. Yeah. But um, the family I live was quite nice and it made me feel quite like at home. And uh, also the boys, like getting to know my teammates made it easier, you know what I mean? Like creating a few friendships on the team and hanging out with guys out of the off the field and stuff like that made it easy. And the way I look at it, I knew I knew it was going to be hard to move away, but it was, it was what I wanted. It's what I, I like seeing new parts of the world and like seeing new cities and seeing the history of that and I've really enjoyed living there and seeing what it's like definitely I was going to ask you like where you were living so do, do they kind of put you almost like in a billet house like the, the residency yeah. do here yeah well I was with like because when I signed over the 20s it was the 20s so um, I was I was in a billet house for the, the first first year and this year I'm looking to probably get my own place but for the third cool. year I'll be back in a billet house so that's something to look forward to and get my own place and stuff like that would be quite nice. How have, how have you found like dealing with the accent and stuff? Because it's it can be a bit tricky sometimes. I've got quite a mild one, but oh, it's uh, it's funny. I like I love listening to some of the boys from Glasgow. The ones from anyone from Edinburgh is quite easy to understand. Yeah, it's the ones from Dundee you have to watch. That's really tough. Yeah, Dundee. Like, we don't have we don't have any boys from there, but uh, there's a few boys that are from like Motherwell and Glasgow and areas like that that are. Uh, I find, I find it funny to listen to. They speak so quickly and they, they almost mumble some of them, which is funny to listen to. But no, I, I'm fine. I like, I picked up some of the slang and the way they talk, so it's, it's all good. And like, what about the food? Because obviously Scotland's not known for its healthy eating. No. Um, have you had, did they make you try haggis or a deep fried Mars bar or anything? No, I, I try to stay away from too many things like that. I've tried a little bit of haggis, but... Uh, the food's fine. The food's fine. You can always find restaurants that you like to eat to eat at, eat at, and 
we often say that food's, <laughs> food's up to you how you want to make it and everything like that the way I look at it is so no it's all good what's been the, the toughest thing for you so far like with settling in is it just do, do you miss home or has it been pretty pretty smooth really or no yeah I miss, my, I miss home definitely like I really enjoy living in Vancouver and I miss living with my parents of course but um, the hardest thing almost for myself was getting used to being more full time I'd say even at Vancouver I was still going to high school and everything like that yeah but right now like it was hard to sort we were there for like I was there for like 11 months basically so you know what I mean it's full on six days a week we train roughly six or seven so you know what I mean it's not it's not there's no time no time off and you that's where I felt that was the toughest part but after you get used to it a little bit it's it's enjoyable you know what I mean and let's see of course it's hard living away from home but I'm I'm just turned 19 now so it's not like uh it's not like I need my mum taking care of me all the time now. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because yeah, your birthday was in May, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, but also you played some games for Canada. Uh, sometimes it's hard when the Canadian guys go to Scottish clubs. The Scottish clubs won't release you for for yeah. certain dates. I mean, has it been tricky, or have Hearts been really good, and are they quite keen for you to go and play with Canada? No, I think they're quite keen for me to go away and play with them and everything like that. Um, all the camps we've had so far have been around international breaks, so it's it's worked out quite well. Right. But uh, no, they they're quite supportive, and they like the fact that I'm getting away with the national team quite often and getting called up. So I think that uh, being here has really helped my like my opportunities with the national team. To be honest, I think that it's it's proven that like I'm taking things seriously, like quite seriously now, and that I'm trying to make myself something from the game. You know what I mean? So I think that even the CSA has realized that and. It's uh, the last few camps have gone really well for me. Well, that's fantastic. Just a, the the last thing, it's I, I I don't like to to get folk to put on the spot and like put goals for the year. But I mean, what what are you hoping for for this season ahead? Obviously, a first goal and more appearances. But just in general, what what are you really hoping for for the season that's coming up? Uh, for myself, really, the way I'm looking at it is to prove myself as a full time first team player this year. So um, I hope to get probably another a few more appearances than I did this year at least and quite a few more starts and just trying to push on from the first year, the good first year I had is what I'm looking forward to it and hopefully with Canada too it would be good to qualify for the under 20 World Cup because we have qualifiers not too long not too far away so yeah. that would be another another good opportunity so I'm looking forward to this year so it could be a good year for myself to push on and also with Canada to do well well thanks so much for your, your time Dario and like well well, keep a close eye on you as always. The move you've done, I think it's been the best thing for you. You're, you're, oh, definitely, definitely. you're doing really well and we'll we'll keep in touch and we'll talk soon. Perfect, look forward to it, man. That's great. Cheers, Dario. Right. So Dari is an there. 
and having a great time over in Scotland, as he would, because Edinburgh is a fantastic city. What could have been? What could have been if he stayed here? Yeah, but I mean, as we talked about there, I think the opportunities for him are way, way more over in Scotland. And he's, because more exposure, especially. Yeah, he'd, he'd he's going to. He's going to. A lot of people are going to see him in different leagues. Yeah, he'd still be in the USL team if he had signed here. He wouldn't Probably. be getting first team minutes. Whereas now he's got a chance to play in Europe. Yeah. And depending on how Hearts do and what draw they get. He could end up playing at Old Trafford or somewhere so crazy. in the Europa League. Yeah. So, I mean, he's doing well. We wish him well. But that's the start of our Residency Week stuff. Watch out for the rest of it on AFTN.ca. Just before we go, a, a quick chat about the other football that's been going on in the last couple of weeks. Copa America in full flow. Quarterfinals are nearly finished by the time you listen to this. America-Argentina is set up as being a, a cracking semi-final. I think, I think Argentina's going to hammer them. I, I, and you, uh, you, did you speak to Messi or you just watched him play? I, I shouted a question at him in the, in the mixed zone, but, but he, was, he, he, he wasn't doing any English. English. Yeah, I figured. Um, um, but I, it was, I, must have been did, exciting to watch him play, though. It, it was. And like, it was up in the press box for the first half, and it was a really, it was a very subdued atmosphere. And you couldn't really hear much of the crowd. So I thought, half time, I'm going to go down and see if there's any empty seats. Yeah. Um, and I found one just a couple of rows from the front. So oh, I, watched cool. the, I watched the second half pretty much right behind the Argentine bench. Um, and I was there right behind Messi when he came on. And I, I tweeted this out and I, I wrote about it as well. I've never been a guy that gets blown away by just individual players. I wouldn't play just to go and see a player because it's a team sport. And when guys have paid to come and see Beckham here or, or whoever, I, I just don't get that. But seeing Messi close up and seeing how he played and the little things he does off the ball, but more so the excitement that was generated. The buzz. Yeah, yeah. it was hard not to get caught up in that. Every time he got the ball, everyone stood up. Everyone had their camera phones out and it's like they're just trying to take take stuff. And it, it, well, was, a, it was amazing to it, see Well, that, in this case, you didn't have to pay either. You got in for free. Well, yeah. So that, that, you, that still, was, you still have your streak going. I, I, where you as don't Scottish, pay that was a big boost. Yeah. But... It was fantastic to see him. No, um, you, if you get a chance to see him, I think I, I would I would definitely... Different class, yeah. really have to say that. And he was so sought after afterwards. He did some Spanish interviews, didn't do any English. I did get to shout a question at uh, Sergio Aguera, yeah. and he did shout an answer back as he ran past me. So that's a win. Oh. Asked him how he thought the tournament had been in the States, and he shouted, good, great, <laughs> as he ran by. Might have that on audio. If I do, I will stick it in, but I don't think it's going to be really... <laughs> Maybe at the beginning of the podcast, you could put it in there. Could, could be anyone, really, in a, in a Spanish <laughs> accent kind of saying that. But, I mean... Nicholas Pesquita. I, I think Cope has been great, and I think it's... I just... I haven't had a chance to watch it because well, of the, the fact that... that's the frustrating thing. It's yeah. not on English TV here. No, it's... Uh, you have to pay, like, $8, $8 per dollars game. For, well, yeah, but you can also get $8 a month to watch it on Univision, but it's yeah. all in Spanish, yeah. and... Some folk have said, who wouldn't want to watch it in Spanish? Me. It's like, seriously, I cannot watch a whole game in Spanish every single day. I barely can watch the highlights in Spanish. Yeah. It's just the way, I don't know, maybe it's just that we're not uh, brought up in that atmosphere, but it almost seems like, I, even listening to them, Too it much. seems like off a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's nothing against them. I'm sure they're, they're saying the right things. But, but I, I think it's been a fantastic tournament. Yeah. I've really, really enjoyed it, and I really got into it. I was down for the US game as, as well on Thursday, and trying really hard not to cheer when Ecuador pulled it back to 2-1. and <laughs> like, It was getting really exciting. I was sitting um, beside some folk from France who were cheering on the States for some weird reason. But there was an Ecuador guy when that goal went in, like, out of big, Yay! In, yeah. in the press box. Um, that was an exciting game. America, lots of guys suspended for the game against Argentina. 
That's not going to help. It's hard not to see Argentina win it now. And considering that they put on the very first Copa America, which they didn't win, Uruguay won it, yeah. it would be kind of fitting that they win the 100th one. Yeah. Well, then you also got the Euros happening. Yeah. Um, uh, which I watched... would have gone over to if Scotland had been in it. But... Yeah. But I, th- I, 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 like we were talking about earlier about the refereeing has been real. I thought. You know, while there haven't been that many goals, and but the goals when they do come in, last minute goals, and that oh, that makes it more exciting. Yeah, I mean, I've like, never you, seen a tournament with so many late goals. Like you, you, you almost like okay, I'll, I'll right at this point, you're right now going okay, I'll turn it on in the 80th minute, then I'll start watching and see what happens. Well, I tell you what, I've been doing. It's yeah. like I hadn't been watching the first halves of games. Yeah. Because of when they were starting and stuff, I was just like staying in bed. Switch on at half time. Oh, still now, now. That's what yeah. I expected. Don't miss anything. No, you no no games. Has, I don't think any game has been out of reach in the first half at no. all. It's, it's all been tight, and then it's great late finishes by a lot of teams, and some surprising uh, results. Uh, the Hungary, I did not expect them to be on top of the uh, group at this point. No, and Iceland, of course, everyone's favourites that any every neutrals want to go on. But I do agree with Ronaldo. They look like they had won the World Cup when they when they drew Portugal. Ah, uh, well, he looked like he'd lost the World Cup <laughs> after that penalty missed today. So that that was, that was yeah. justice. Yeah. But it, it's been some great games. Sadly, England got that winner against Wales. Still exciting though, even though you well maybe not for you, but for a neutral. It was yeah, I was exciting. in my hotel room swearing. So uh, God knows what the, the folk <laughs> in the room next door were thinking. Who's your tip to win it then, or? Who, who do you fancy so far? I, or who's your dark horse as well? I'd rather go dark horse. I really... I, the teams that... For some reason, the teams that are boring for me and all everybody's so excited over is like Germany, uh, Italy. Maybe because they always win it. It seems like it's just boring to see them... Uh, I, I could see Italy grinding their way to a, a string of 1-0 wins and lifting the trophy. And in Germany too, they've only scored two goals in two games. And both of them were in the same game. So it's they're in, uh, they're they're playing like they're kind of all all the all the big teams are kind of building up as the thing goes yeah. and that's what it seems like is happening. So I would one team I had going was Croatia. They seem really good in their first game, but now uh, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, they, well, they're well, even they, play. They in the tournament. Oh my god, the flares! I thought Russia, England, and Wales were bad, but the, I this, thought the, this was the, worse. the guy that the one that blew up in his face. Well, I, I thought that was something that he was going to lose a hand. Or yeah, something like I that. thought he was going to be unreal. blind or something. That yeah. that really was insane. And then they're fighting amongst themselves. As well. well, I think I think what it is is the the, the people who threw it, the people who di- were against throwing it, they were fighting against those guys and trying to stop them from doing it. But there's been trouble. I mean, there's trouble at the Hungary Iceland game today as well because Hungarian mm. fans were trying to cross barriers to get in with Iceland? their own fans. Oh, um, and then there was arrests and because I didn't know what had happened. I'd put the game on a few minutes late and I was like, why is there all this riot police in front of the Hungary fans? I thought they're Hungary fans. Yeah. But they, yeah, they've been trouble before the game started. My 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 dark horse, if you can really call them a dark horse, oh, a dark horse. is I guess Belgium. Yeah. But but they've won three nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm saying they're a dark horse because they they lost their first game. Yeah. But I was speaking to a Belgian journalist today at the game, and and he he said no, don't don't waste your money on them. They're not going to do anything. Well, I don't see any team like oh, obviously nobody sees a team like when Greek Greece won it a few years ago. Nobody expected them to win it. Nobody even could call them a dark horse. It's everybody who has to always is always going to pick one of the top teams, and then oh, it depends on the draw as yeah. well. And I, 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 I don't yeah, like the because the third place teams too. That's the yeah, issue. I don't like that. The yeah. expanded format's great, having the the twenty four teams in it, but 
You, you would, I would have ra- eight, eight groups of three or I, something. Or I know this will really dilute the thing, but you'd rather have 32 teams then, and yeah. then they have the top two from each group, making, yeah. so you know where everybody's going to fit in. Yeah, and then Scotland might have got in. Probably not, though. Fails yeah, but would have got in before. To be Scotland. honest with you, I think Scotland's better than some of the teams that are in there right now. And I think they play. I, I have been watching some of the games like Austria, and you're like, God, how could Scotland not be there? Because I think uh, uh, Scotland, if they were in any other group, they would have advanced. Yeah, They'd just to be in a yeah, group with Germany, three, Poland, three people Ireland. from our group Made it. are in it, yeah. and it's like, okay. But it, it's, hard, it's hard to see past Spain. I I do kind of think the home crowd could take France over the line. I think France would probably. It has to be the favorite because they're home. And I just, and play, I just want well. Dimitri Payet to do. Yeah, well. he's he's been playing really well. West Ham should be scared. Yeah. If they can keep hold of him, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> but they, they need him. Yeah. But it's been good. It's been a great month of football. A lot more still to come. Canadian Championship, as we mentioned, the residency playoffs, USL games, just so much. My kids U8 season ended, though, today. Oh. It was a rough game. Did they win? They, no, they lost, but the opposing coach had a great strategy. It was uh, basically he was just yelling, go get him and shoot. That's my kind of coach. And clear it. <laughs> that's three things he said to everybody. Go I, get That's him. like perfect coaching. Well, anyway, that's it for this episode of the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Just before we go, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN, away from the numbers, on AFTN.ca. As we said, watch out for Residency Week in that. I'm also the Whitecaps Beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com and the Western Conference reporter for USLsoccer.com, so check out my stuff there as well. But until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. Good luck to the residency down in Texas next week. And mon the caps! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.